How's it going, guys? This is Oliver with the Mo Video Games Podcast. This is our fifth episode, if you are new here. I'm Oliver, as I just said, along with Maxwell, and we are Mo Video Games, as I also just said. Today I am taking yet another trip down memory road to reminisce on some older video games while Maxwell is discussing his first first-person shooter, as well as his first Sims experience. Hope you enjoy the show, and enjoy! Welcome. Episode 5 of the Mo Video Game Podcast. We are trying to record on two different microphone sources, so if this doesn't work, then there will be a second episode 5, and you'll never know about this one. <laughs> and this is all for you, our dedicated fans, because we want to improve the audio quality. We're getting better every time. Every time, baby. Um, we'll see if it's better. It should be. That's what we're hoping, but <laughs> that doesn't mean we know what we're doing. Oh, well, we for sure don't. That is the one thing we do know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tradition of switching who goes first each week. It is, it is my your turn. turn. Yeah. You are not wrong. To talk about your two favorite games. Yeah, so this week uh, on our ultimate mega 50 showdown of arbitrary game comparisons to one ultimate arbitrary game winner of arbitrary awesomeness. It's not arbitrary. Yeah, the winner, not arbitrary. The winner is definitely the winner. But how we get there doesn't make any sense. Super Mario 64 for sure is the winner. There's no argument there. It's just who 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 dies in the process <laughs> getting there. Um, so, yeah, this week I am doing Super Smash Bros. Melee and World of Warcraft, two games that I have played very recently and, um, yeah, love, love dearly. So... Talk about Super Smash Bros. Melee first. It was developed by HAL Laboratory. Z. <laughs> <laughs> Are there multiple labs? <laughs> it was developed by HAL Laboratory. It is a fighting game um, released in December of 2001. And I, I do have to say, the, the, the joke about laboratory laboratories, as I was typing it out, I was thinking... I should probably get this correct, but think I put something different, but I don't remember if I wrote it correctly or not. But I definitely had the thought of laboratories versus laboratory. Yeah, I think it is just lab- laboratory single, right? But it, I really want to say Hell Labs. Like, I'm pretty sure I said Hell Labs when, like, referencing it as a child. 92 out of 100 on Metacritic. Um, on this Wikipedia article that we were perusing through, it referenced it as one of the... <laughs> the greatest games of all time so i got pretty interested and clicked the link of you know it says the greatest game of all time i want to know what the greatest game of all time is and then it just takes me to a list of like 150 freaking games just like the longest possible list of any game that could even possibly have the notions or utterance of being the greatest game of all time but importantly it was on the list so (laughs) it is one of the greatest games of all time um best-selling gamecube title of all time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is true <laughs> it is true <laughs> just sounds so dumb uh narrowly beating out my other game double dash which is on this list and uh yeah so it's a, it's a fighting game has all the characters from the nintendo universe every single one except for a majority of them it has 25 characters <laughs> from the nintendo universe 26 if you count zelda and sheik as separate characters which yeah i know <laughs> they're not <laughs> I mean, I guess I, I understand like the argument there, but no, no one, no one's like, man, I'm picking, I'm picking cheek. <laughs> no, who would say that? Um, so yeah, it, I guess I, the predecessor to this was what? Just regular super smash, right? Super smash bros brawl on the 64, I believe. No brawl was the Wii version that came after. It was just super smash brothers okay. on the 64. Okay, I get confused with all the new Wii versions that I have played a significantly less that fan. <laughs> yeah, for for those who, if Oliver decides to leave this in, I slap my laptop every once in a while because my fan is going out and it's loud, but a couple slaps and and it's good. She's she's back to normal, but yeah. So I I picked this over the preceding the sixty four version Super Smash Bros. Mostly just due to how much I played it. I mean, I did play the N64 version a good amount, but I think I spent a majority of my time with this title. So there's there's no real, like, hatred or not love for the preceding one. And a lot of critics 
reference one of their complaints is that it doesn't expand enough on the last game it doesn't add anything new which is as maxwell and i were talking earlier it's a fighting game what what new do you add other than beating the shit out of other people like that's that's (laughs) the entire premise of the game so i don't really know what they were expecting there i don't i mean i i understand the criticism but then it's just like just don't release a a sequel then unless you have some groundbreaking mechanic i don't i don't know i I just think that was it was kind of a silly comment to make yeah they doubled the characters of the original that's i mean that's pretty huge yeah if you're talking about changing like if you can't if you're not changing the mechanics of the fighters if you're adding new fighters with new mechanics i feel like yeah it's new content for sure so yeah it's regular just beat em up game you essentially have your like normal move sets and then your heavy move sets grabs and shields and rolls and you're just trying to knock people off the edge of the stage is the most common way that people play it they'll play like timed or with x amount of lives and to kill someone you have to hit them off screen and then i mean they still travel a little bit farther off screen but essentially if they're off screen they're dead for lack of better words you can also do stamina fights which is actual hp so if you went down to zero then you would die but very very fun very intense fast pace like for what games i was playing at the time that just wasn't a good multiplayer game like it i mean i'm thinking of like pikmin and like luigi's mansion uh there's just it's kind of hard to find i think good multiplayer games and i think it's still something that we struggle with now and feel honestly even more now like before it would be a lot more frequent to like have friends come over and you know you all sit down around the family gamecube <laughs> the most treasured family icon of all families that um, you brought over because it's portable it is portable it has the handle on the back of it and yeah you guys would all play out double dash or super smash bros um because yeah i don't know that's uh, that's what you do as kids i have nothing better to say than that but yeah so it, it's just it's it was very nice to have like a very fun interactive actual four person game that you could play very fast pace definitely had some skill involved with it and was very fun if you if you were able to play it on your own time get better than your friends show them how much of amateurs they are let them know that they're scrubs when it comes to the game always feels good and then but there was also like it still held up pretty well as a single player game as well where they had like you could just keep fighting different characters as you're going through it just it just ran the battles with random characters and in the end you fight the master hands which is like the grand boss of every single smash game ever in the history of histories ever except ultimate which has the crazy hand yeah but those are side bosses they're mini bosses yeah, but galileo was not that hard we didn't finish the we haven't beaten the demon realm i forgot yeah. what the yeah the under realm but Galileo was not, I don't remember his actual name. I always call him Galileo. Yeah, you you made a fool of him. He was bad. <laughs> he sucked. <laughs> what a terrible AI. Maybe we just need to bump up the difficulty or something. But yeah, so it, it was still fun to play solo player. And then they also had like mini games in it. So like how fast can you kill 100 people? And they, you know, it's just like a time race to kill 100 people. <laughs> don't know why i'm explaining something that's explained literally within the title of it <laughs> and then uh a personal favorite it's like the the home run challenge or something like that where they have a sandbag and you have the most annoying fucking item in the game the bat and the bat has this like crazy swing animation but if it hits it's like it's like the captain falcon's punch um where it has a big wind up animation but if you hit it it does a crap ton of damage so the only goal of this thing is you hit the sandbag as far as humanly possible down the stage. So I, I mean, I've spent so much time just sitting with like with my brother, just trying to get the sandbag as far as humanly possible. And like trying to figure out like, where do you stand and what character has the perfect height to hit it at, you know, to get the ultimate trajectory and how much damage, because there's a time limit. You jump in this mode and you have like 15 seconds or something to hit the sandbag. So you're trying to dish out as much damage to the bag as possible because sandbags take damage obviously um as in the real world (laughs) uh so the higher the damage the easier it is to send it flying but yeah so point point is is there it's it's a lot more than just a fighting game except all you do is fight in the game so it's really not anything more than a fighting game (laughs) (laughs) but there's 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 a lot more content than just playing with friends and i i think it's still held up i played a lot solo as well as played a lot with friends and so definitely just a, a lot of nostalgia with it i think any smash bros title would hold up pretty well here i didn't play the wii one very much and i hear wii fit trainer is literally the bane of all existences i played the switch but i haven't gone against very many op wii fit trainers on the switch so 
because normally I'm fighting with them, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, so I think any of them could hold up. But I, I think Super Smash Bros. is a game that needs to be mentioned. Maxwell and I have played the Switch version quite a bit, which I think is also really good and has its merits. But I don't know. It's we just we don't play games like that as much anymore. I guess it just doesn't really fit. I feel like if we like if like we had more people coming over or something like that, it would be a good title that we pulled out more. But yeah, with how things are set up, just it just doesn't make sense. But at the time, it was perfect. The GameCube nailed it. Yeah, there, there's a there's a time and a place for it, always. Those kind of party-type games. Yeah, definitely. So, I don't know. You have anything? Yeah, I got two comments. Uh, first one just being, like you said, um, well, I don't I don't remember what you said, but it was like something you said. <laughs> that, but the, the controls for it are so simple compared to other fighting games. So things like Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter... To, you have to know the combos and there are so many inputs in order to get different combos and there's only essentially two buttons and a stick a direction like you just it, combos of those is probably like directionally you have the four directions and then you have a smash attack you have a regular attack and a secondary attack so there's what like eight to yeah eight attacks in that range things roll in a shield yeah um, so, so for new players to pick up, it's, it's pretty quick to be effective in the game. It's like, it's like a lot of games you can, you can get to, to an average fun playable state very quickly, but then when it gets to pro levels and you're doing competitive, there is, there is still quite a bit that you can gain additionally. So it's great for a lot of people to play together. Um, but also it, there's a lot of room for that competitive play. So I, I think that it's something for everyone, which is cool. Um, and then my favorite comment. So GameSpot reviewed the game. And in there, they said they praised it for the character models being pleasantly full-bodied. Which I don't understand at all. It's not a wine. It's not a Cabernet. But uh, <laughs> it uh, they are pleasantly they full-bodied. They, they are full. They, full. They, they ain't hungry. Yeah, that, those, are, those are my comments on Super Smash Bros. Melee. Super Smash is great. Yeah, it, it is It is definitely a great game. And I, it, I, it is a good point that it is a pretty easy title to pick up. Overall, there's kind of like... I feel like when I like... I, I'm, not, I'm not pro by any stretch of the imagination. I would say I'm a very average player, but... There's, there's always feels like there's kind of like three steps where like the first stage is you're just learning the moveset and then the second stage is you learning how to dodge and use like your invisibility frames and now especially with the newest one I don't think this holds I mean maybe it holds as much I'm sure it does with melee but they definitely and the newer titles they add a lot which is fighting off of the stage so you'll be hovering over the little death pit that exists normally on the bounds of each stage trying to like fight people in air and so like aerial combat definitely has become like the new you know it's like the next step in the progression of being good um thankfully most people that you play with aren't good enough to do that <laughs> which is very very nice uh because yeah i when i watch like pro players play that game uh it is it is insane what they can do but yeah, definitely very very easy to pick up, very simplistic, and I, I think over the controls have always felt really, in my opinion, they felt snappy. The controls seem to be kind of um, a lot of people disagree on whether or not they're sla- like snappy or sluggish. You know how responsive actually they are. Is it too fast of a fighting game? Um, but I I've always felt I don't know. You kind of get used to like little delays and stuff in animations. You know, like you're just gonna always have like a casting animation. It doesn't make sense if you like swing a sword as Zelda that the sword hits right when you hit the button. Like he has yeah. to pull the sword out and swing the sword. Like <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's what they're complaining about with the animations and stuff like that being sluggish, um, or I mean the controls being sluggish. But yeah, I I'm, I've never really felt that way. And it's definitely fast paced, but it's what makes that game so stimulating and like fun to play. Is it is just a re when you actually think about that you're just controlling like four characters all just beating the living crap out of each other and just like one hectic chaotic little map i mean that's what that's what's fun and funny about the game is when, <laughs> you know it's just yeah it's all over the place all the time so yeah super smash bros if you haven't played it get good <laughs> yeah you got the 64 version the gamecube version the wii version the wii u version right I don't think there's a Wii U version. I think that's just a Wii, Wii U version. What's it called? 
Super Smash Bros. Brawl, <laughs> <laughs> <Roll> you. <laughs> Let me look that up. And you got Ultimate on the Switch. Super Smash Bros. for Nintendo 3DS and Super Smash Bros. for Wii U are crossover fighting games. It's literally called Super Smash Bros. for Wii U. Oh. So, yeah. I, yeah. Also, the other good point was, yeah, it just doesn't compare to other fighting games. Like, I've played Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter a decent amount, which I think I'll be talking about Street Fighter. <laughs> Stripe feeder. I'll be talking about Stripe feeder pretty soon here. Um, but yeah, it's just those are like one-on-one games. You know, you don't get that hectic four people smacking each other to the end of time effect. So yeah, it just it's a. I haven't played a fighting game that matches it. I don't play a lot of fighting games, but I I think it does kind of hold its own category, and has been incredibly popular. Like the popularity itself has held throughout. You know, I meet people, and if I meet people who are gamers, a lot of them play Smash or at least played Smash, right? It just it's it's a pretty ubiquitous title, easy in the Nintendo world with Nintendo just yeah being good at what they do. Yeah, it kind of it kind of takes over um, like college, um, especially living in the dorms. At, at least for me, it was like something that, and I was an RA for a few years after that, and it's just it, it was unanimous every single year the the new freshman came in. And I was just like, it's a great way to like rally around. You're trying to meet new friends, play something everyone can play. Um, it's kind of competitive. It's fun, but it's not super toxic. Um, it's pretty great. And uh, unlike Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, there's more than two people on the screen um i i haven't played the others enough to know maybe there's some modes where there's multiple not that i'm familiar with yeah it seems unlikely so it's it's like a full they're very arcade style fighting all of them and tekken is the same way yeah which i should throw in tekken before i get made fun of i i know the basic fighting games (laughs) i've probably already missed one i don't actually i've no i played tekken once but i was horrible at it all those games, those games are, like, if, if you don't play fighting games, all those games are, like, you have to start learning move sequences, so, like, each character will have certain move sequences, so it's, like, you know, you gotta be, like, uh, up, down, up, down, left, right, A, B, A, B, or, you know, and that's, like, one move, and so then, you know, you have to memorize all these moves to smash all these buttons in very specific orders, and it just, there's a lot more of a learning curve, which I think probably for, like, I don't know if if you're really trying to like get into a game and like you know you want this I'm so super good at this character I want to be like the master of this character and way better than other people. There's there's a lot more of a learning curve with those games than just picking up Smash. So it's not like they don't have merit, but that's that, that's why we're talking about Smash is because it's super easy and super fun to play. <laughs> <laughs> so the other game on my list, World of Warcraft, developed by Blizzard Entertainment pretty small company most people haven't heard of them it's a mmorpg massive multiplayer online role-playing game it was released in november 2004 and i played it in middle school quite extensively for probably about a year maybe a little more than that and essentially no life played it so i will be the first to admit because if anyone is listening to this and plays WoW, like I play League, you would be ashamed at hearing me talk about this game. But I'm bringing it up because it was definitely it was a developmental game in terms of my gaming career, my my history from being a little padawan to where I am now, which is really bad at a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely it, I really like the game because it was it for the basics. Maxwell and I watched a three-minute synopsis of the story, just to refresh my memory. Essentially, you're just fighting for this planet Azeroth. There's a lot more details to it than that, but that's all that happens in the story. And I'm pretty sure that's like all the World of Warcraft games. You're just fighting over Azeroth. So in the game, you it's, it's a grinding game. You pretty much grind up levels, trying to get better items and better equipment, more money, more skills, more power. Um... And that's that to me is like my experience with the game. Like I definitely did not really care much about the story, but it was super fun to have like a very open world game where it felt like it was kind of like playing Fallout 3 for the first time where it's like, wow, I'm blown away with how I feel like I can do anything and go anywhere. You know, it was just it was another increment in this like open opening of the world in the digital sphere (laughs) for me. So I, I really enjoyed that a lot. It was also 
yeah, it, it was very good at just like making you really like pulling you in. I don't know. The combat was really fun and it, it was super fun to just like explore around the world. All normal open world game tropes that are great. I hate this game. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah, I, I have never played this, nor I don't believe I've ever played an MMORPG. Um, so my opinion really doesn't matter <laughs> with regard to this game. Watching a little bit of the gameplay, I, I understand the trope behind it. And the part we were watching wasn't like doing justice to World of Warcraft because there wasn't really much of the massively multiplayer online aspect about it. Um, yeah, we were watching a pretty boring part. Yeah, so so it, it was it wasn't a great taste, but but I do understand um, the ideas behind the game, and I I think it's I think it's super cool, and but I yeah I just I there's not much I can add unfortunately to this discussion, just not not knowing enough about this game, which which is a little disappointing, but it's something perhaps since I've never played an MMORPG, um, it seems like pretty much the most mainstream one that would be easiest to jump into i'm probably speaking out of line in that aspect as well but it's i think you say world of warcraft to so many people it's even people know world of warcraft yeah and it has a pretty big stigma behind it too for sure absolutely there's a great south park episode (laughs) (laughs) about world of warcraft um which is also some of my introduction to it but but to be fair knowing that south park is satire it seems like an incredibly fun game especially if you have a group of people that you play with and you know um, just the ability to connect in an open world like that it'd be like playing skyrim but with all your friends and being yeah. able to interact with people like that's a super cool concept yeah um, that would be super fun like the, the story behind it like skyrim it's you, there, there's a lot of like underlying side stories and stuff but like the the ultimate goal behind it is just, just playing a game and having yeah. fun it's like it's like the the doom games you know like it's yeah just, it's the a doom has story bro doom does have story and they're not fighting for demons. they're just fighting <laughs> something else um yeah i i remember when i was playing the game i definitely met a couple people online that i ended up playing with quite a bit and becoming i mean as close as you can become with you know people that you just meet in a video game but it is definitely like it's pretty easy to meet people in the game and you know you want to meet people so you can go quest with them and that you know like you can use your abilities off of each other and try to like do more complicated or more challenging things with them so that it was definitely i didn't you know try to meet too many people and definitely didn't have very many friends that played it so i definitely ended up playing it a lot alone so it's really more of just an rpg game if you know what i'm saying (laughs) um but it definitely like that was a really great experience for me is just meeting other gamers right and just playing with other people who aren't going to be like wow you you know no life sit and play this game all the time because there's no other games that people do that like league of legends or dota 2 or overwatch or any major esports title Valorant right now, now. yeah like, apex legends yeah it's fortnite it feels more common now, but I don't know if that's just like the how easy it is to like disseminate information now. You know, like now I, when I was playing World of Warcraft, it's like well, I'm not gonna be like googling. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It would. I thought the gameplay was fun. Obviously, I played it a lot. It was really fun to just go do quests and level up. It's it's kind of like if you play like a Terraria or Minecraft. It just it's choose your own adventure. It it felt it, it's not it's not a sandbox game, but it it kind of has that same allure, right? That you just get to go do whatever you want. So, yeah, not a whole lot to say about this game. Sorry, guys. I'm going to cut most of this out. It's going to be a short one. It's going to be World of Warcraft. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if, if any anyone wants to flame me or give me a long synopsis of what happens in Warcraft to tell me how wrong I am, they did just re-release the classic version, which I believe is essentially the original base game without any of the expansions in on it. And that was a huge deal. And I had so many friends that are like, wow, classic is coming out tomorrow, <laughs> you know, like freaking out. So it's, it's a, it's definitely a very popular, well-known game. And I, I think well-received it's, it's 93 out of a hundred on Metacritic. Like it, it definitely holds its, holds its grit in terms of the gaming title, but it is also just one of those games that's a total time suck. Like, once you start playing it, if you're going to start playing it, it's kind of... Like, people that play WoW are WoW players, right? Like, it's like, it's like I'm I'm a League of Legends player, and I play League. Like, WoW is just another game that, like, I, I don't need two games to suck my life away. I already got one. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it, I mean, that it's kind of a testament to how good some of these games are, at least how good they are at making them addicting to play. 
So. So what's your winner? I don't want to talk about WoW again. That's for damn sure. So we're doing Super Smash Bros. <laughs> uh, but but in all honesty, Super Smash Bros. is definitely to me a much more impactful game. I played a lot more of the Super Smash Bros. series. WoW was just as a young gamer that was definitely like a game that I one of the first games that I really spent I think a lot of time and a lot of time alone playing. So it's definitely is it, yeah just younger in my gaming experience. I think it was definitely it got me much more into gaming and much more like viewed myself as a gamer at the time so i wanted to put it on the list but it, it's been how old am i like oh <laughs> it's been it's been 10 plus years since i played the game at least so my memory's hazy to say the least <laughs> and that sums up more video games transition <laughs> So, my games today, The Sims 3 and Killzone Shadowfall. We'll start with Killzone Shadowfall. Because I think The Sims 3, there's a lot to talk about with The Sims 3. There's, I mean, there's a decent amount to talk about with both. So, Killzone Shadowfall was a launch title for the PS4, um, developed by Guerrilla Games. Um, it's a first-person shooter. Um, it's like the, I believe, the fourth game in the series. It came after Killzone 3. Um, there may have been some sub-games or, or spin-offs in between those. Um, but launch title for the PS4, and it was kind of... Um, it was shown at, like, E3 alongside the PS4, kind of, like, showcasing what the next generation of graphics are going to look like. And it looks spectacular, even looking at some gameplay now. It holds up with some of the most recent 8th um, gen being, like, PS4 and Xbox One games. Um, does really well and it's even more impressive when you think so there was initially when the ps4 was coming out um, the xbox one um, had announced that they were using eight gigabytes um, of ram like video ram in the system Um, and the ps4 was rumored to only have four gigabytes i I believe it was even said at one point that it only had four gigabytes of ram so everyone's going to be like oh man xbox one is going to smash the ps4 in terms of power and Guerrilla Games was developing Killzone Shadowfall using only four gigabytes of RAM, even though before the system was released, the, de- the development kits that were given to developers had the eight gigs of RAM, um, which was later announced. But Killzone Shadowfall, the demo, and I believe the final game only ever used four gigabytes of RAM, which makes it even more impressive how awesome it looks and what you can do with it. Um, yeah, video RAM. Yeah. I thought you were saying eight gigs of ram ram and i was well like, i i think they my, my understanding of the architecture is correct i think they only use that as both regular system and vram um well. it's kind of all the same it's specifically gddr5 in the ps4 the uh, the xbox used it, it wasn't gddr5 i don't know if it was uh like ddr3 um ram perhaps ddr4 i could probably look it up but it it, it the ps4 had matched the, the amount of memory, but also had faster memory um, than the Xbox One. And the Xbox One had a little bit of, like, um, some high-speed memory, like a little cache that it could use um, that, that kind of helped offset some of that. It was just kind of a different architecture way they, they went about it. But, um, but yeah, that, that's that's how that, that rolled. So, so that was pretty cool. Um, it was the first PS4 game to surpass a million units sold. Unsurprising, it was a launch title. Looked amazing. It's first-person shooter. Um, some of the cool stuff, so it was my first game in the Killzone series, like some of the weapons they had, it was like the, the main gun you use is an assault rifle slash sniper rifle, like you would swap modes and use this charge beam as a sniper and swap back over to the regular assault rifle. They had this thing called the Owl, which is like this advanced attack drone. There was a lot of different abilities and stuff that you could use um, in the game. And as far as first person shooter goes, they're typically in the campaign a lot more linear in the progression that you take um but this one um it it relied a lot on stealth mechanics especially in certain missions in the game um but also was a little bit more open in in how you attacked each level generally speaking you had to accomplish the same objectives but sometimes the order the objectives um was up to you um sometimes you could skip certain things um and and the overall story was what was pretty typical fps which was probably more the criticisms it got the actual gameplay and visuals and how fun it was were usually what was praised the actual story just kind of being like yeah it's a lot of first person shooter tropes um but there were a couple twists in there um 
that was kind of cool. But the, the general story is in the year 2370, um, there was this construction of the wall that forced the Vectans out of the new Helgan. And so there's like the Helgas and the, the Vectanites or the Vectans. And it's basically just the two clashing. Yeah, the conflict. Yeah, and there's a lot of intricacies in there and some cool stuff. Don't want to spoil too much. um, Who would have known that a wall could cause conflict? Who knew? Politics. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so, I mean, great game. And it was the first game that Guerrilla Games developed using their in-house Decima engine, which many may know... Um, or I've heard of because it was used in the development of Horizon Zero Dawn. And um, some of the things that they developed were uh, allow them to create these groundbreaking visuals, especially on the, on the hardware. And so much so that when Hideo Kojima was looking around um, for engines for his new Death Stranding game as Kojima Productions, um, he ended up deciding on using the Decima engine developed by Guerrilla Games. It's just, it's a really powerful engine um, super cool. Guerrilla Games, also great developer. We'll we'll talk later in great depth about Horizon Zero Dawn, um, getting hyped about that. Um, what got you to play the game in the first place? Was it just like you bought the PS4 and were like, I'm just going to try out this title? It Kind of. So it, it, it wasn't one of the first titles I bought, like Far Cry 4 that I discussed earlier. Um, but I, I did know that it was a launch title. Um, it was a huge E3 kind of tech demo, like looked fantastic. And at, at some point, the PlayStation Store had a sale going on. And I think at the time I picked it up for 20 bucks, which which back then was like a, a pretty good cheap yeah, for um, sure. price to pay. Nowadays, like their, their PlayStation hits like God of War, all those games, I think you can get like consistently for 20 bucks now which is kind of crazy but but at the time that was a good sale price um picked it up then just to, to try it out as one of those times i was um still pretty early to midway through college so had a lot of free time um because i was a bad student <laughs> and, hell yeah brother um yeah just just played was always looking for for new stuff to pick up and try stuff out it was kind of my big time of going through so that's that's what kind of got me to go through it and as we've discussed before, I hadn't played a lot of first-person shooters. So to me, a lot of stuff was new and fresh. It was very good. It, it, it reminds me, the gameplay and how it felt reminds me a lot of Titanfall 2. Okay. Um, it, it doesn't have quite like the mobility and the literal Titans that you play as in Titanfall, but it, it just felt very similar to that. It's, um, it's nice to get away from the Call of Duty, like more grounded, like warfare and do something that's a little bit more futuristic i know call of duty had like advanced warfare infinite warfare blah 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 but um it's pretty exciting is there more aerial like what when you say get away from grounded combat is there actually more aerial combat in it no 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 meaning like we're not using real it it doesn't take place in reality or things that would actually happen like it's future high-tech sci-fi first-person shooter like yeah. th- those kind of things are much more alluring to me than things like Call of Duty um, that are more realistic, quote unquote. Um. Yeah, respawning <laughs> is very realistic. Yeah, super realistic. Hey, you're playing hardcore though. That's that's real right there. Um, but yeah, j- just having the, the more the the high tech gadgetry, everything kind of founded and based in in the high techness. Um, high techness. I'm trademarking. Trademarking that term. Do you just play as one character going through, or is it? Yeah. So I, I believe you as a main character. I think you're Lucas. Um, so when you are, Lucas you are a, a Vectan or whatever that's getting um, removed from the city, and you're like five years old at the time, and you run into this shadow soldier, um, and eventually you kind of work your way up through the ranks. You like experience some tragedy as a young child and work your way up with ranks and become one of these soldiers later. And then you're you're sent in on missions. You're like infiltrating, um, and doing these different things. Is it is it? Have you played any of the Call of Duty stories? Yes. Is it? I mean, I feel like the thing with Call of Duty stories is the extent of excitement you can get is being surprised by someone betraying you. Is it kind of the same? Not to just smash on all first person shooter games, <laughs> but like that is what you make a first person shooter exciting with. Yeah, and I think that's one of the the things that it got most of any criticism that I received was from stuff like that. Just typical first person shooter tropes. There's definitely 
like everyone with like Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2, there's like some huge, like the stories behind those games and kind of the, the twist that they throw at you were novel at the time and really exciting. And I think it does throw similar level twists at you and has some cool um, endings and a little surprises in there, but it's nothing revolutionary. It, it didn't yeah, break my mind like Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, you don't remember it for the story as much as the combat and the graphics. Yeah. But I, I do remember being very happy with the story. Yeah, sure. It, it was satisfying, I think is probably the best way to put it. Yeah. What did uh, it get on Metacritic? Uh, 73 on Metacritic. Um, so it's a pretty standard run-of-the-mill. Um, and IGN, though, gave it an 8 out of 10. The greatest news source for games of all time. Yeah, but that's... That, that's kind of that's kind of the major things behind it. Ch- check out some gameplay. Give it a whirl. It's it's definitely super cheap to pick up now. It, it's a if you're looking for something, especially if you're still trying to socially distance, quarantining at all, taking online classes. It's summertime. It's it's something worth I think checking out if you can get it. I would say if you could get it for ten dollars or under, um, it would absolutely be worth your time. The game itself it is worth more than that, but I I think I can feel really good recommending it, um, finding it that cheaply. Um, yeah. So, Killzone Shadowfall. So, then The Sims 3. The, the Sims, obviously, being a, a large franchise that a lot of people are familiar with. Um, it is developed by Maxis Redwood Shores. Um, or Maxis. I don't actually know how it's pronounced. <laughs> um, but it is categorized as a life simulation. And if anyone has played The Sims, you know how perfectly it mirrors reality sarcasm <laughs> but it was, it was initially released back in june of 2009 um on pc mac os um it was released a little bit later um i believe october of 2010 um for ps3 and, and xbox 360 other consoles of that generation um but but pretty phenomenal so it, it is truly the third game in the series um following the sims and the sims 2 um, but it's, it's, it's essentially it's sad that we have to clarify that that there's so many game I, series that can't follow a normal naming convention i know i mean like the xbox one is the third xbox console yeah but it's actually you had the original xbox and you had the xbox 360 and then the xbox 360 that didn't break and then you had <laughs> the xbox one and then the xbox one s xbox one s digital xbox one x now it's the xbox series x and they might have a different version other than that they went and, back 359 and now they went up nine <laughs> yeah so now they're 351 away from exceeding the xbox 360 they're, they're trying to reach that peak again the xbox <laughs> they, they, one was a, about a one out of 360 in comparison to the 360 i mean honestly yeah in terms of that gen that, that console especially the launch the I got to credit Microsoft and Xbox for doing a fantastic job of kind of turning around the disaster that the launch of the Xbox was. Um, but, yeah. but the PlayStation won that gen for sure. PS4 versus the X-Bone. Un- unquestionably. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's outsold the Xbox One 2 to 1 plus yeah. and continues to, yeah. I look at exclusives for that, uh, the, the the Xbox One and yeah there's no reason to buy it yeah the incredible lack of them and there's just there's no reason to buy it over buying the playstation 4 in my opinion i have some friends that have the xbox one i mean i it's not like it doesn't you know it it runs perfectly fine you play all the games that you normally play on it so if you're not really looking for exclusive titles then i don't think it really matters um and isn't the xbox one like a 4k blu-ray player or something like that as well or... Yeah, at least starting with the F- Xbox One S included it. I don't know if the original Xbox One had the 4K Blu-ray player in it, um, but that that was always great. The reason I originally bought one, in addition to Forza, before I had my PC, um, I'd bought the Xbox One. So th- there are a couple exclusives that at least were interesting to me. Um, it, but it, it kind of boils down to the the type of gamer, and I, I don't remember the article I was reading, but they the PS5 versus the Series X is kind of boiling down to they're going in vastly different directions. So it's less of a war now and more just about a decision. It's it's not that they're both similar and they're they're fighting for your money. It's just kind of like, how, how do you play games? How do you want to play them? Do you want to play all of the major release third-party titles and play them with probably the most powerful console there is and just play all nine games like that? The Xbox is the one for you. And it's part of a larger ecosystem. They're 
basically kind of considering them all as just like PCs and they, they're going to be releasing on a lot of them. Um, and then the, the PS5 is going down the generational shift. They are adding a lot of things to the PS5 that are going to fundamentally change the way that you could play games and that games will be developed um, and going down that like exclusives first party, you want those story driven first party games, um, first person um, solo adventures, the PS5 is going to be a console for you. So it's not a like, oh, Xbox sucks, PS5 sucks, or you're dumb for picking it. It's just it's preference at this point now. Yeah, which uh, is exciting. Yeah, it, I, I think variety like that in, in the space makes a lot of sense. Um, and it'll be less like competition um, which may maybe will be a bad thing, um, but there's there's not as much like oh like why did you buy that? It's like oh well, I bought it because it is different than the other one. It's like well, okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, Sims anyway. three, <laughs> Sims three. Um, so it, it's a if you haven't played the Sims, it's essentially this large open world. You get to control these characters as third person. They they go about doing their own things, but you can have them interact with each other. Um, they have certain needs like hunger and sleep and happiness. So you have them like pick up careers, make themselves food. You have them shower and use the restroom. Um, there's a lot to it. And, and it can be, you can kind of have them automate some of that themselves. If you don't interact with them, they will generally try and just do things to meet their own needs. And there's a lot of cheat codes that go along with it. But yeah, you can essentially create a family you create the sim that their appearance you can have them have children um later expansions added pets um it's it's a pretty cool open world it truly is it, i mean it is a life simulation game as much fun as i was making of that um kind of lets you do that which is fun um the, the things that were new to the sims 3 um from the sims 2 that kind of make it one of the best in the series was it added create a style which essentially meant that pretty much any item that you could build the house or the person you could change the color um of it which was surprisingly a new feature but it was a huge feature and something that's so integral to it now especially when you want to customize like building houses and um is another big part of the series but the second thing that was huge is it is now truly an open world so before if you wanted to go to a different neighborhood or to a different building there would be like a loading screen it wouldn't be seamless but now you can actually go about the entire world without loading screens um, which made it feel much more immersive and they added something called story progression which allowed the npc so if you are playing as one family and there's a family in a different household the other household will continue to progress without you touching them so they will if it's a married couple they'll likely have a child they'll grow old they might get a pet they'll do different jobs they'll progress so it feels like the world is lived in it's not only like, oh, I'm focusing on this family and nothing changes for the other families in the neighborhood, um, which is pretty cool. It's something, my introduction to The Sims was with The Sims 3. Um, so thinking about a world without that is just kind of crazy. So I can see why that would be such a huge um, addition to it. it. It had 11 expansions released. Expansions are a huge part of The Sims. They add new items, um, sometimes new gameplay mechanics. Some of my favorites are Seasons, which unsurprisingly add seasons to the game so the four seasons wow or, or five seasons if you're talking cedar rapids iowa <laughs> i was actually thinking about throwing that in there i'm glad you did it for me yeah fifth season being what like friendship or family or kinship or no i don't know brotherly I just, love i just know the five smells i don't i don't even <laughs> yeah. i always forget why they even call it the city of five smells but well, uh, I, because sorry. of the Quaker Oats factory. Well, yeah, I, I know. I guess I know why it's called the City of Five Smells. But I knew that there's like, there's something that Cedar Rapids already provided. The City of Five Seasons. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's that's what that's what the reason the whole joke is there. Um, but yeah, University Life, which uh, gave you the your Sims the opportunity to go to college and get different degrees um, and actually experience University Life, which is pretty cool. And then pets um, being another big one, um, obviously adding pets to the game. So dogs, cats. Horses. Horses. Um, yeah. I don't know why the ho- I mean, the horse, I guess a horse is. A horse, a horse is definitely a pet. I, I know a few people that actually have horses as pets. I mean, you're not like petting them, but. If you don't pet them, are they a pet? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they probably do pet them. I do actually know people. Yeah, you, but like. You're, you're looking at me like I don't. 
but, but like I, you wouldn't call like a farm animal a pet it depends on what you're using it for if you're using it for resources then perhaps not i suppose if you're like milking a cow a or butchering a cow then maybe maybe it's not a pet but if you are using like keeping it just to keep you company to enjoy it to I don't know. I guess what is a definition of pet? Let us know in the comments what you think. Like, subscribe. Is a is a pet. Um, Nanto is not a pet. I can tell you that much. She's an angel. <laughs> um, what got you into playing The Sims? Uh, my fiance. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised. Anyone who knows me is not surprised by that. That is, yeah, that's not terribly surprising. But yeah, no, she she absolutely introduced it to me. Um, we played a lot of The Sims 3 and The Sims 4. Um, I've actually recreated um, one of my childhood houses in The Sims 4. And The Sims 4 recently, or semi-recently, added first-person mode, um, which allowed you to like see through the eyes of The Sims. And I've walked through the house that I made, and it kind of disturbed me it felt like I was walking through my house. Like I did a really good job <laughs> of making it. Cause I was like, wow, that's cool. This is, yeah, it was super cool. Especially since, um, we, my uh, parents don't live in that house anymore. So, um, like getting kind of relived, that was kind of like, whoa, I was like, that's nuts. Um, but yeah, Sims is just a long way from, uh, Kirby town. Long way from Kirby town. Like in, in gaming progression. Like if if you if, I don't know starting out with from what Kirby's Adventure or whatever it is oh, and then getting to the Sims like those are just two very different games. Very different. Like I don't I think I just stumble I think I I played the Sims because of I I think my sister played the Sims and that's why I started playing the Sims but otherwise probably would have never played the Sims like it's it's definitely a game that when, I feel like when people play it they end up really liking it it's it's pretty I rarely hear someone that's like oh I played the Sims and didn't enjoy it. Um, yeah <laughs> but but like yeah it's either they're like oh i've never played it, i've heard it before or you know i played it and i really liked it so yeah there's there's a dark side to the sims as well um so something that's common for a lot of people to do is um try to kill their sims um and in <laughs> a couple easy ways you get them to go in a pool and then you remove the ladder from the pool and the ai is unable to get out of the pool they get exhausted and they drown um you can also trap them in a house and eventually they'll like have an oven that starts on fire and they will burn to death. It's, it's very dark. There's, there's a lot of darkness that can occur in the game. Sounds um, like you have personal experience with this. I, it, I only through third parties. I, I don't know. I've only heard. I refuse to party. accept this accusation. <laughs> um, and, it, but the, the cheat codes was something else I, I mentioned before. So if you don't like, dealing with the needs of your sims like if you feel it's too stressful and you just want to work on like developing the relationships within the game um having the family you can use cheat codes to keep all of their needs at maximum so you don't have to worry about that if you're worried about money in the game you make money through your career and progressing through the career um but you can use um, cheat codes like rosebud if you wanted 1000 simoleons the currency in the game or motherload the one that everyone uses to get 50,000 simoleons mother load mother load mother load mother load um but yeah th th there's a lot more cheats and mods the modding community um is really big in that game as well it's just there, there's a lot you can do with it yeah um, super there's some different challenges as well like genealogy challenges trying to keep certain people alive um it's just yeah it's nuts what would you focus on when you played it um i really liked building um houses could have guessed i guess from <laughs> you building a childhood house that probably shouldn't be too surprising um but i did i did have one save or one family where i i did no cheats i started um from scratch and and developed it into a pretty cool where i got to the point where i pretty much had enough money to build whatever i wanted yeah um, and that was very rewarding so if you play it normally you can still get a lot of rewarding it's there's not a lot of frustration um behind it they do a good job of like incrementally giving you more and you're earning more money and doing more things and progressing in your career um and you get you get excited you get attached to your sims they're, they're like That's getting sure. getting better at earning their charisma skill and um i wish i could talk to myself in a mirror and just bump up my charisma <laughs> yeah if only it was that easy 
but but fun things like that. But one of my favorite things about the game is Simlish. So there is a language developed for The Sims called Simlish. So the creator of The Sims, Will Wright, developed Simlish because he believed that putting a real language into the game would end up having that language be repetitive. Like you wouldn't be able to put enough variety in the language to not get tired of it. Um, and they even tried with some different um, languages as well. I, I don't remember exactly, that, but they're like languages that not a lot of people would speak or that wouldn't be common to hear in North America um, just to try and distance it. But even even that, you because it's still a language, you get to learn those patterns and it kind of, um, you, you can infer and it gets repetitive again. But with Simlish, it's complete gibberish words that do not translate to anything. Um, but the context in which they're using the inflection of the voice, it kind of allows you to infer. And it ended up being a great choice because a lot of people actually do. It's much easier to just imprint what you believe they are saying. Yeah. Kind of like with a pet, like a cat or a dog. Um, like we're just kind of imprinting what we believe, like our human emotions would be expressed onto those animals. Um, but it worked really well. Um, so I, I thought that was pretty cool that... Uh, developing it and then they have a lot of songs in the game that they even sometimes have the artist that originally performed the song re-record it in simlish um so that they can have it in the game and that's it's just, pretty cool it's kind of that's, ridiculous when you hear that's it that's a nice detail though <laughs> yeah. i like that a lot oh it, it's amazing but yeah su- super fun game got 86 on metacritic um reviewed very well this one specifically um a lot of fun you can do a lot with it yeah super great so so the, those are those are essentially the two games um for me today between the two going back to kills on shadowfall great truly great game but it's going to be the sims 3 for me today that there's so much more you can do with it it's a connection i have with my fiance as well um we can joke about it we can play it together we can play it independently um something we can bond over so there's that um factor in addition to there's just so much more you can do in the game rebuilding my childhood home um having fun exploring dark tendencies i don't know what to say but the the sims 3 so much you can do in the game having fun (laughs) that's one of them that that is my gameplay review you have fun you just do it yeah check it out if you can the sims 3 is especially affordable now that the the sims 4 is out i mean there's with all the expansions the the cost can add up really quickly but even just the base game and with mods that you can either make yourself or download you can get a lot of new free content um even some paid mods as well so there's the possibilities endless Endless. but yeah that's that's sims 3 and that's uh that's more video games Hey guys, that will wrap up our fifth episode of the Mo Video Games Podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. As I mentioned in the beginning of the video, we are trying a new recording technique, if you will. And so if there were any notable issues, please don't hesitate to let us know in the comments or any other comments, questions, concerns you may have regarding the podcast. I tried to mitigate some of the time delays that I was noticing as much as possible, we recorded on two different computers. So I think there was a clock discrepancy between the two computers and it, it, the Delta T was variable over time. I don't really know how else to say it better than that without just rambling aimlessly like I am right now. So again, thank you for listening and we will be back next week with another segment of the Top 50 Showdown. Thanks.